Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. It's good to be here. Y'all are quiet today. Good morning, church. Awesome. We are just um, happy to be in the house of the Lord, happy to be a part of the church, right? We're just like one small part of a global church, and he is the head. Christ Jesus, our Lord, is the head of the church. You know, we sang that song, I feel like it was last week, um, gosh, what song was it? I don't even remember, but there was this line, you know, and the church of God, the church of Christ was born. Yeah. And that, that, that line of the song always just grabs me um, because we are a part of his kingdom come. We're like the part. We're who has been activated, empowered uh, to do his will here on earth and to draw men unto him. Um, and so that's exciting. Uh, this morning, we want to enter into worship with awe and reverence for the vastness, the glory, the majesty, the holiness of God. Um, but we also want to celebrate him with joy this morning. Amen. Stand with me, church. So, throughout our time as leading this church, whenever things come against a church service... Whenever things come against us getting here, or things working, or technology not operating properly, all those things, it is almost 100% of the time, the move of God is super, super strong in those services. And I can tell you this morning, I'll tell you a little bit about our drive back from Rochester late last night, a little bit later, but this morning as I was getting ready... Uh, I usually carry some anointing oil with me, like right in my pocket, and it's about five minutes before we're about to leave to come here, and I'm just, I'm moving fast because we're running late, or big girls are headed to rock. I'm running around, and I take the anointing oil, and I try to put it in my pocket, and it flips out of my hand. You know, it's one of those things like when you're watching TV, it's in slow motion, right? You see this glass bottle in slow motion, and then it hits the dining room floor, and it explodes in about a thousand pieces with anointing oil all over the dining room floor. I'm going... Are you kidding me? At the same time, Sid texts me and says, hey, the computer's not working. We may or may not have any lyrics or screen today. And I'm just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and then she comes downstairs and says, hey, guess what? I burned my neck with my curling iron. Of course, of course, of course that happened. But, but God, amen? But God. So I'm here ready to worship the Lord this morning because nothing can stop his power. Whether the power goes off in the middle of the service or not, nothing can stop his power, his goodness, his faithfulness, his glory. So we're here this morning, we're going to worship the risen king, amen? We're getting close to Easter, the sun is shining outside, but God is on the throne, amen? We're going to worship him today. Hallelujah. Psalm 138 says this, I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods I will sing praises to you. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you O oh Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth, 
Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord. For great, for great is the glory of the Lord. So Lord, we just come before you today. Father, our hearts are stirred. We love you. We honor you. We glorify you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are on the throne. We thank you, Lord, that anything we walked in here with, you know it. You've got it covered. We give it to you today. Father, we pray against any distraction, any thought of anything else. We say it needs to go in Jesus' name. And we're here to put our eyes on you, our hearts on you, to sing to you, to worship you, to glorify you. Lord, have your way in this place this morning. We love you, we praise you, we worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him. As I came in the sanctuary this morning with my family, me and my eight-year-old were setting out, um, there's booklets in the back, there's Stations of the Cross. It's just a devotional that we go through leading up to Easter. And um, my five-year-old walked up and they were flipping through the book and there's a picture. Um, there's some great artwork in there and there's a picture of the back of a man and he has just stripes of blood across his back. And she looked at it, and she looked at me. She goes, oh, mommy. And I was like, I know, baby. I know. God, do we know? Do we know what this table has cost? Do we know? Do we know? Do we know what it cost him? I don't. God, I don't. I go through my weeks and I act like I can do it on my own and I can just spend my little devotional time with Jesus like tick and then go on my way. And I do. I remember him in Wegmans and I remember him. He's always with me. Gosh, but it's just church. Can we return to that knowing? Do we know what it cost him? Do we know what it cost him? And that we were the joy that was set before him. That we, us, the ones who yelled at their kids this week, the ones who took offense, the ones who didn't really represent him as well as we should have, it was for us. And we come as we are, but we don't stay as we are because we we know what it cost him. And if it it cost, if that was the cost for our lives, then there's nothing that we can give that can even come close. Our suffering, he knows our suffering. Our despair, our weariness, he bore it all, he knew it all, and yet he did not fail, he did not give up. He came and he accomplished that which was the reason he came. He did not get distracted by the crowds of people loving him until they crucified him. He was not distracted. Church, we're going to take communion together today. 
I'm going to dismiss you to come down the aisles and, um, and get the elements and then circle back to your seats. It's just one, it's a double stacked cup. So you just pick up one thing and your the cracker's in the bottom. So go ahead, you can begin to move to the tables. The, um, the middle plate is gluten-free elements. If you need gluten-free. Pastor Jason is going to come up and lead us. Guys, I'm going to read out of Isaiah 53. I usually only read a portion of it, but when I was standing down there, I felt like I just need to read more of the chapter and do less of my own talking (laughs) and more of what the Word of God says, because I can't add to it. It says this, Surely he has borne our griefs, And carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for loving us so much to pay the ultimate price, to bear my sins, to bear our sins. 
Lord. Thank you. Lord, we take this communion today in remembrance of you. Your body broken, your blood shed, the price you paid for every one of us. We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection that you conquered death, you conquered sin for us. Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Lord, we thank you. We worship you. Words cannot express, words cannot articulate how grateful and thankful we are for what you've done for us. Lord, we just want to worship you. We just want to worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. The altars are open up front. If you just want to worship him, thank him, and come up front, you can. You can do it in your seats. But let's just worship him. As we were worshiping, I saw the earth from the distance. And do y'all know the Sherwin-Williams? Like, it's like a logo. It's a can of paint. It shows the paint covering the earth. And I saw that. And the Lord said, I will pour out my glory, and it will cover the earth. And every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess, because every knee will buckle under the weight of my glory. And those who know me will feel the weight of the glory. They will tremble with the fear of the Lord, but they will not be in terror. But those who do not know me will be terrified. Church, we belong to him. We rest in him. And how we long to be a place where he comes 
and his presence is manifest. Because those who sit in the manifest presence, those who feel the weight of his glory, they leave changed. So I encourage you, church, don't don't ever stop pressing in. Don't ever stop chasing after him. Not what he can do, not how he can fix your problems, but who he is. Seek his face. Seek his word. Seek his presence. Seek his glory. But know that as you walk that out, it will cost you. Not because Jesus didn't pay the price. He did. That's how the path is available to us. But his glory costs us something. Every time we come into this this building as the church, it costs us something to get here. It costs us something to remove the distractions to tell the devil to shut the heck up. Leave me alone, I'm worshiping the king and you are under my feet. Shut it, devil. It costs something. It costs courage. It costs faith. We come into his presence and he fills us. There's not a single time when I've pressed in that I haven't left full because he's good to his word. He doesn't disappoint Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I got. That's good. Do you have anything? No, I'm good. <laughs> it's so hard to transition out of his presence and into just like logistical people yeah. things, but we're going to do it. And every week, we, I, every week I say that most, a lot of the weeks, because it's just true. It's hard. Okay, hold on. Okay. Okay, I do have something. There you go. It's like, Lord, should I share it or not? And he says, yes, yeah, share it. So this is for somebody here. Um, during one of the, the last worship song, my little Maggie May, she's five years old, and she was hugging me, and she looked at me straight in the eyes, and she said, Dad, for Christmas, can I have a new remote control car? And it, it hit me, and the Lord said that there's someone here now, the story behind that is we got a remote control car last Christmas, and within two days, she drove it down the steps and busted it. The day of. The day of Christmas, she broke it into pieces, and we have not yet gotten her a new one, and it was on her heart, and I believe it was something that she had lost. It was something that she had done to lose something, and she looked at her father directly in my eyes months later and said, Daddy... Can I have a new one of those? And I think there are people here this morning who have lost something or something broke in their life and they feel like it's because it's something they've done. And it is. They broke something. They've done something that broke a relationship, that broke a trust, that broke something. And the Father God is saying, you have not because you ask not. Look at me today, God says, and ask for restoration of that relationship. Ask for that new remote control car. Ask for the relationship that you thought would never recover to be recovered. 
And he says, you have not because you ask not. And he wants us this morning to come with the faith of a little child to look at our daddy and say, Lord, will you restore this? Will you make this right? Will you fix the mess that I made? And he's looking this morning and saying, yes, I will. I will help you. I am here for you. So let's just take a moment before we close this time. If that was for you this morning, if there's something you need to ask Father God for, he doesn't promise that it will happen this afternoon or tomorrow, but you have not asked because you feel like it's something that's too far gone or something that you screwed up that he doesn't want to fix, and the Lord is saying that's not true this morning. He paid the price. He makes the way. He's the miracle worker. So if that's you, just ask him right now. The God of all creation, the one who's so powerful in his presence we can't stand up, yet loves you so much that he wants to restore things in your life that have been messed up and broken. So, Lord, we give all those things to you today. We thank you, Lord, that you are the the restoration God. The God who works all things together for good for those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. So, Lord, with all those things that are on our hearts today, we lift them up to you and say they're in your hands. Lord, only you can fix them. We ask that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, now I'm done. That was a good something. I'm glad you didn't hold on to that. I get all the good things. When he holds on to something, he'll tell me later. So I get it. I get it any which way. I'm glad you didn't hold on to that. All right, we're going to take a little break. And during this time, uh, if you are new here, we welcome you. Um, It's always wonderful to worship uh, the Lord with new people and all of our old people who we love, um, the veterans of ECF. On the seat back in front of you, there's a connection card. That connection card is for everybody. If it's your first time here, you can put as much information on the card or as little. But if you put your email, you'll get one email that welcomes you, that connects you with, you know, how to get more information about us. Um, And it lets us know that you were here. Prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies. We pray for these things. You know, they, it matters. It connects you in, um, with one another, and we share those, hey, Rahina, muchas gracias. Um, it, it connects you in, so use the connection card. Those connection cards come up into the offering buckets, which Rahina has showed us where those are. Bring your tithes and your offerings to the Lord this morning, um, trusting him with your finances as we trust him with our relationships, as we trust him with our healing. Um, if you are ECF kid or if you're a guest, during the sermon, we have kid bags. Um, we have kid bags for toddlers through sixth grade, although uh, nursery is open for baby zero to three. Thank you, nursery workers, for faithfully serving. Uh, Littles Ministry is ages four, five, and six. Miss Brandy and Mr. Doug are in Littles Ministry today. They have a good time in there. Um, so drop-off is out the lobby and to the right. Um, that's where that classroom is. And then family room is open as well. So did I miss anything? I don't think I did. 
Let's greet one another. Let's take a little break, and then we'll come back together. All right, church. It's announcement time. Usually I talk for a few minutes while I wait for people to stop visiting. Uh, Pastor Andy isn't here this morning. Pastor Andy drove to Rochester, New York this morning with uh, two of my daughters to watch our oldest daughter dance Aurora in The Sleeping Beauty. So for those of you who don't know, our oldest daughter is a professional ballet dancer, uh, which is just so exciting to us to watch what the Lord has done with the gift that he gave her. Uh, she loves Jesus, first and foremost, walks with him. So anyway, that's where Pastor Andy is. I took that opportunity to brag on, my, on the Lord. Honestly, she turned out so well all because of the Lord, like 100%. 100%. All right, so announcements. Um, and I said that because Pastor Andy usually is up here helping do things, right? Worship, announcements, communion. But today, it's like Jason and Liz all the way. Uh, first, Stations of the Cross booklets are available. Uh, they're on the back table. Um, Jason, when does this start and when does it culminate? This, is, this goes from Friday to Good Friday. It ends on Good Friday. Um, and so it leads up to Good Friday, and it culminates in the Good Friday service, which is a multi-church service um, at, we're meeting at uh, Erie First Assembly. Um, there's many churches who have come together, uh, and we do this, we've done this for years and years and years. We are partnered with Pastor Nicole and Pastor uh, Matt Friend from New Beginnings. They are our friends and um, we love them, and we uh, are excited when we get to get together and bring the church, the, the parts of the church together. Um, so yeah, so that's April 7th at 6.30 at Erie First Assembly. And then our Easter service is here, 10 a.m. on April 9th. Uh, we love Easter, you know, but every Easter, I actually always come up here and go, don't we celebrate his resurrection every Sunday? Aren't we celebrating the risen Lord every single Sunday? And as I've grown in my faith, as I've climbed mountains and lingered in valleys, he's never left me, and he's the resurrected Lord. That's where all the power comes from. That's where all the love comes from. That's where all the connection comes from. So we're just going to celebrate that um, on Easter Sunday at 10 a.m. And uh, last but not least, there are new bookmarks back on the back table, the April Bible reading uh, bookmarks. There's little boxes for you box checkers. You can check the boxes. You can check the boxes so long as you're not just checking the boxes, right? Um, and that's all I have. Pastor Jason, come on up. All right. I'm a box checker. <laughs> I had it so funny because the past couple years we did a Bible reading plan. Um, that was, we gave it at the beginning of the year, and it's like an eight and a half by 14, like triple fold out, front and back, microscopic print, like, and I did that every day for a couple, I was like, I love this thing, and I was like, I'm not sure anybody else is doing this but me. <laughs> I was like, maybe we make it a little easier and just do some bookmarks so people can see it, there's fresh colors, I mean, I got like this minuscule spreadsheet that I'm working on going through this stuff, so I am a box checker, I love that stuff. Love that stuff. Okay, uh, I want to pray for our city mission team. Uh, there's a lot of people not here today. They are serving down at the city mission. Uh, and I want to just lift them up in prayer, Camille and her team. Uh, ECF has been supporting the city mission for 
many, 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 many years. But we have been, we serve, they serve breakfasts there uh, and present the gospel on Sunday mornings. And every 13 weeks, so like four times a year, so it rotates all the way through, we as ECF own that Sunday and our team goes down there and does that stuff. You know, they help serve, they help make the food and, and get it out and then uh, present the gospel message. So can we just pray for them right now, uh, real quick. Heavenly Father, we just lift up that team to you right now, Father God. We lift up every person who is hurting and in need, both physically and spiritually, as they enter into that city mission this morning, Lord, that you would touch them, Father God. Touch them with your hand of healing, of power, of restoration, your resurrected power, Father. We just thank you, Lord, that you are changing lives there. You're changing lives here in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I have an uh, offering scripture uh, I want to uh, read out of Proverbs 3. And I think what I told you guys I try to do is take our Bible reading plan and try to uh, do an offering or a call to worship out of that. Well, Proverbs 3, <clears throat> I believe, was yesterday's reading. And, you know, sometimes I'll do a little, uh, I'll talk after the scripture, but today... Just like I did for communion, I'm just going to let the scripture say what it says. And we're just going to listen to it just for a second, okay? Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Wow. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every gift, every giver. This morning, Lord, I just pray a blessing over these tithes and offerings, Lord. Lord, we do. We trust in you with our whole heart. We are leaning not on our own understanding. Lord, we want to acknowledge you in all of our ways, Lord. And we thank you that you are the one who directs our path. And so, Lord, we thank you for uh, just providing for us over and over so faithfully, day in and day out. And, Father, I pray a blessing over this message this morning as we wrap up this series, Lord, that you would just show us Again, one more time, what you have for us in the believer's authority. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, church. Well, if you are, if you are a guest here or you haven't been here uh, for a long time, today is graduation day. Woo! Can I? Everyone's like, what is he talking about? Today is graduation day. We have been doing a series on the believer's authority, I kid you not, for six months. And I have been trying to move on. So normally I do a series like, you know, good four weeks every month of something fresh, something new. Ooh, exciting. And the Lord has just been like, nope, can't move on. The next month, nope, can't move on. The next month, nope, can't move on. And what the Lord began to say is until we really get it, until we really understand it and are using it and, and executing this believer's authority in our life day in and day out after situation, you are not allowed to move on. Well, church... Today's graduation day. Today will be my last message on the believer's authority. And I don't know, maybe, he'll, maybe we'll do this again in the not-too-distant future. Uh, but what I really want us to do is I want us to walk away today uh, really understanding again what it is and just committed to walk this out and live this out in our lives. And the next series that I'm going to do 
I really believe that God is asking, asking me to teach you guys on the attributes of God. And I feel like the last six months has been like, you know, the believer's authority and what do I need to do and what I can say and how I can take authority. But the only reason why we have any of that authority is because of him. And I believe we need to like reset who God really is. What are the attributes of God? Because day in and day out, you face situations and you hear other people, non-Christians, even Christians, begin to say like, you know, well, why did God allow that to happen? And you're like, whoa, okay, good question. But can we answer that question? Can we talk about that? Can we understand who God really is? And how do we like, understand what God looked like in the Old Testament versus what God looks like in the New Testament? Begin to wrap our heads and our minds around what does that look like? But mostly, what does the truth of God's word say? And that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I've got attributes of God that I want to walk through. We'll probably do one or two each week. I think it's perfect for Palm Sunday and then leading into Easter, and we'll see how the Lord leads us. But today is graduation day. Amen? We are made it. We've made it. We all are getting doctorate degrees. If you're a guest here and you're just like, I want that doctorate degree, well, we have, our, we have all the stuff online. You can go back and listen to all our podcasts. Six months. Yeah, I mean, you don't have, I mean, it's just there's a lot there. Some of it repeats, but I would just encourage you. God has really blessed us. Uh, it's not just me that's given the messages. We had Reverend Jeremy Gall come in, and we didn't tell him anything about what to preach on. Not a word. He was just like, man, I feel like I need to preach on the authority. Like, come on, brother. Right? You know, come on, brother. Amen. You're hearing from God. Preach it. I know Pastor Liz did a fantastic message. Pastor Andy did a message or two within this series. So we're just super excited for graduation day because I really feel like God is sending us out strong, foundationally strong in this believer's authority to go change circumstances that need changed because he's given us the authority over. So I'm going to read that scripture one last time. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. These signs, these are the ones that follow believers who are taking authority in the name of Jesus. These are the signs that follow us around. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they drink anything deadly will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I'll tell you what, their testimony after testimony has come in uh, from people writing on the, on the connection cards. And I just want to share one that came up recently. It says this, let me find it here. It said, God helped me lay down an idol and, addiction, and an addiction with a single idea after years and years of trying other stuff. I have walked in freedom for three weeks now. Hallelujah. When we started this series, I was battling sleep apnea. You remember that? Remember that whole story that I went back through? And it turned out to be acid reflux. By the grace of God and his authority and his power, I have not had a single challenge with that ever since I got a hold of the believer's authority and what he really had for me in my life at that time. Hallelujah. And then a few weeks ago, I told you I had been, my stomach had been healed by the grace of God years ago, and I really believe the enemy was just trying to stir up everything I ate, didn't sit right, and I went on for maybe two weeks like that, remember this? I went on for two weeks, and then the Lord was like, hey, Jason, 
You're preaching on the believer's authority. How about you take a little bit of authority over that situation? Because what the Bible says, we have all authority over the devil. And this was a demonic attack. This was, this was the enemy trying to take something that God had already blessed me with. And I just stopped. I was like, Psh, okay, in the name of Jesus, my stomach is healed and whole. And I received my healing. And I have not had a single issue since then. And so to my story from last night, I always have a story each week in which the believer's authority really was just working in our life. So the story of last night, uh, Pastor Liz had already said that we were visiting with Anna. We got to see her dance uh, in the ballet, being Aurora and Sleeping Beauty. It was beautiful. Well, how many of you know uh, that it was a little bit, little bit windy last night? Anybody notice that? You know, maybe hear something? Well, we lost like a part of our fence, like literally like a fence, like just part of it was just, it just like blew a hole through it. So we were driving last night, I don't know, we left at 7 o'clock, so from about 7 to 10 last night, we were driving on Route 90, which has direct access to the lake basically all the way, and no trees to stop any type of wind at all, on this highway for three hours. And I tell you what, I have never driven in anything like this in my life. And I was like, babe, can you, like, Google, like, how, how much wind is here? So she quickly looked and says, well, it's 13 miles an hour. And I was like, what? That is a lie of Satan. Because there is no way it is 13 miles an hour. And then it's like, oh, gale force warning. And so, like, all the signs are flashing. High winds, trucks pull over. Don't drive, right? All these signs are all over the road. I'm white knuckling down this thing. And I was praying this entire time. And I was just like, I started to imagine things. Church, really. I started imagining trees coming down like off the road and on top of the car or hit a car in front of me and I have to swerve. And I started imagining road signs being torn from like the, 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 the things that they're in ground and like spinning around and coming at our car. And I actually imagined one hitting the car and like slicing into it and actually injuring her. I was imagining all these things as I'm white knuckling driving. I'm not listening to music. I'm not doing anything. We weren't even talking. She doesn't even know the story, right? And I'm like white knuckling this whole time. And boom, the car's going like this and that. And I was like, you know what, Lord? This is ridiculous. These thoughts of fear and awful tragedy that this is ridiculous. What does it say? It says that we will take up serpents, they drink any deadly, it will by no means hurt them. We are to be able to walk in the supernatural safety and protection of the Lord God himself. And I just said a little prayer. I didn't shout it out loud. I didn't scream it. She didn't even hear me say it. So in the name of Jesus, this car will stay on the road and no sign or tree or other vehicle will hit it in Jesus' name. That didn't mean I didn't have to pay attention the rest of the way home. And it didn't mean that I wasn't exhausted when I got home. It's like, I literally, like, we pulled into the driveway and I got out of the car and I was like, oh, my gosh, that was only three hours. I mean, it felt like I was driving for three days. Like, literally, like, it was so exhausting to hold on. And then the battle, you guys know when you're in a battle, in a fight, like, in the mental battle, you're battle. And, like, we had, I had to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ said, no, in the name of Jesus. No sign is going to come tearing off of its foundation and rip through my brand new Honda Pilot. God has blessed me with that Pilot. And it's going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay, so what is a believer? We're going to look at this one more time. What is a believer? A believer is anyone who holds a strong, 
unwavering belief in the truth of something. And so the fundamental foundation here is that we have to believe in Jesus Christ. We have to give our lives to him. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. And when we believe nothing, we, we, just, we, we get to a point. We get to a point in our lives where nothing that comes against us can waver us from believing that Jesus is who he says he is and that he did what he said he did and that we can trust and believe in him and rely on him. And that is the foundation of this believer's authority because if you don't believe in Jesus, then you can't have the authority that he has given us because it's his authority for those who believe. And an authority is delegated power. It is delegated, we look through all the scriptures, all the verses, delegated power by Christ to us, to believers, and it gives us, church, it gives you, not the pastor, well, and me, it gives us collectively the right to command and enforce obedience over the enemy in our lives. Man, I just I'm so I'm so excited that we're getting a hold of that and that we're understanding that that we're graduating with our doctorate degrees today. And it's time to go out there and start practicing the believers authority. You ever wonder, like you say, you're they're practicing medicine? Like this person just studied, like seems like their whole life and had internships and this and that, all these things, and now they're just gonna practice medicine? Like, they don't even, like, guys, this is what we have to do in our lives, too. We are practicing these things. It doesn't mean you'll do it right every time. It doesn't mean you'll get it right. Does every doctor give it right every time? And Jess said, amen. She knows, right? We know. We've had these situations in our lives where we understand that people don't get it right. So we're not going to get it right every time. But we have to understand. We are, this is a practice in our life. It's something that we do, and we do it over and over, and we develop it, and we get better at it. So this, I have a couple other things. I think I've put these up there a couple times. Without authority, without authority, you have no right to use power, right? If you're not a police officer, you can't stand in the middle of, well, you could try, but people are going to be like, what is that dude? Why is this guy in this nice, you know, navy blue sweater standing in the middle of the street trying to stop traffic? They're just going to be like, eh. They just drive right around me. They could care less. But if I stood there with a, you know, with a police, if a police officer stood there with the authority that they have because of their backing of the government, you stop. Do you not? You come to an intersection and a police officer is doing one of these things, you stop. Because there's consequences if you don't. And this is what God is saying to us is we have this backing of him. We have this authority. So we do have the right to use this power. And without power, our authority is meaningless. You have no ability or strength in of of yourself in which to produce something. We need his power. His power, his power, his power. He is the one. We looked at a verse in Luke 10, verse 17. And it says this, so just a reminder for us, we're going to get into... Uh, the, the sermon that I have for us this morning, Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you, put your name in there if you want. Behold, I give Jason the authority 
Behold, I give Liz the authority. Behold, I give Ruby the authority. This is not age-dependent, guys. Right? Noel has been taking authority over. Noel has been taking authority over some uh, rash or reaction that she had on her arm. She's been battling this thing for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and we're putting cream on and doing this and doing that, and nothing seems to change. And she came to church about two weeks ago, two weeks ago, and she was like, I don't know, she told you, she's like, Mom, Jesus' name, this thing has to go. She began to take authority over something on her own body. That girl rolled her sleeve up, you wouldn't even know where it is. It's gone, completely gone in Jesus' name. So behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over, come on church, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. All the power that we have power over all the power of the enemy. And so we want to walk in this. And I mentioned this a couple weeks back. I said our righteousness and our authority. The righteousness because of what he did on the cross. And the authority because he ascended and given, he's given us this power. It is both unfair and undeserved. Church, you did nothing for this. It is not by your works. It's not by your goodness. It's not by your faithfulness. It's not because you read the scripture every day. It's not because you got on your knees and prayed five minutes longer than your neighbor. Like, ooh, look at me. I got more authority than you. I've been praying longer than you. It's not, this, this, it is unfair, it's unjust, but it's ours. It's ours, church. We get it. We get to use it. We have it, and we have this ability to go and change circumstances in our lives. And there are times where we need to pray, and there are times where we need to take authority, and this whole series was started because the Lord said, stop praying for things that I've already given you the authority to take care of. And so we're doing it, church. You guys are doing it. And so I want to wrap up this week with the second part of the series of seven ways to have authority and reign in life. Part two. Remember I told you last week, any good preacher can't give you seven points in one message. You got to have three in one and then four in the other. So I made you all have to come back this next week to listen to, the, to part two. But if you missed it, I'll give you the first couple anyway, just because I love you guys all so much. And so here's what I would also say about these seven things. It's like these are seven, not just ways, but they are like actions that we take. These are things that we have to go do. And church, you need all seven. And here's what I found. In order to rule and reign day in and day out, you really need to be operating in all seven. And guess what? I am not fully operating in all seven of them. And my guess is that probably most of us are not. And so I'm going to give you these seven things, and I want you to write them down, take notes on them, and ask the Lord, look, you're not going to be great at every single one of these. But remember, we're working out our salvation day by day. This is, this is the, the discipleship journey with Jesus doesn't just happen overnight. This is a journey, and we want to rule and we want to reign, and yes, we have authority but there are things in our life that we have to prepare for and to do. And these are these seven things that we have to really get a grasp on. And you're going to be good at some. You're not going to be good at others. And the ones that you're not great in, we have to grow in these things. So the very first one is we have to decide to reign. If you don't make a decision to say, you know what? How many times have you guys know? I've seen this in my own life. 
Like, if you don't decide to walk in to a place and say, okay, this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to just see, I see this happening, I'm deciding that this is how this is going to go down, many times it actually ends up working out that way. But when, you, when we walk into a place with timidity, like, ah, I'm just not so sure what's going to happen, and you know what I mean? It actually, whatever all of our fears were, seem to be the things that come and happen to us. And so we have to make a decision. We have to decide to reign. We have to say, you know what? The Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. And I have to decide to reign. You were born again with a new nature, so live it. It's a decision we have to make. And I said this last week. Guys, we have decisions all the time we get to make. We have to choose to rule and reign in our lives. It's a choice that we have to make. Will you choose to do it? Number two, you have to declare it. You can decide it all you want, but you have to begin to change the atmosphere with your words. You have to begin to speak life into situations that seemingly are dead. You know, we, do, we meet with people and we counsel with people, and we realize more and more and more and more and more that the words the words that are coming out of my, you ever hear the, you know, can you hear, understand the, what is that from? Jackie Chan and Rush Hour. Anybody remember Rush Hour movie? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Right, he says that at the plane, right? I don't know if you've never seen it, you guys remember this. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Right, these words that are coming out of our mouths, they are creating life and they are creating death. And I just was talking with somebody and nothing against it, but we all have this. And I was, we, were, we were going through a situation. I was talking to this person, and the person said literally these words. says, oh, well, I'm just a worry wart. That's just who I am. And it was like, whoa, wait a second. Stop for a second. You are not a worry wart. That is not who you are. That's how you're feeling right now. That's your current challenge. That's the battle that you're going through. But do not speak that you, because what we speak ends up coming into the into what we see. You know, we are created in God's image. How did God create the world? Through his words. If we are in his image and we have his power, how do we change a circumstance? How do we create life in our life with our words? So we have to declare it. We have to use our words. We have to use the name of Jesus. We have to use this authority that we've been talking about. The Bible says you will also declare a thing. And it will be established for you. You declare it, and it will be established. So light will shine on your ways. And I'm not talking, this is not a name it, claim it church. I'm not talking about, I'm going to start speaking to an airplane to get an airplane. If God calls you to do that, then we, we can talk about that. And maybe it's true. That's good. But you got your confirmation on things like that. But what I'm saying is there are situations in our life, and I told you the story about our sweet Eva, who growing up as a toddler was like nothing. Sweet was not a vocabulary word that anybody would have used to describe Eva. And it was, she, was, she was tough. She was firm. She was, she was resolved. She was tough-willed, strong-willed, all the words we use for the thing. But we decided, say, you know what? We're going to speak what we want to see over our child. And because we, as parents, Liz and I, had authority over her, the words we spoke over her became the truth in her life. Parents, grandparents, husbands, wives, 
The truth you speak out loud. To be so careful with our words. The truth we speak with our words can radically change circumstances. Now, sweet Eva, sitting in the second row there, is sweet Eva. And if you know her, you'd be like, man, that girl's sweet. So sweet. So helpful. So loving. So caring. So protective. That's who she is. But that wasn't the path that she was on. But we, as the authority over, had to speak that life into her. And we had to declare it. Okay, number three. And then there was areas I talked about last week over sin, sickness, thought life, fear, confusion. There were scriptures I gave you to go after those things in our lives. Number three was realize the greater one is in you. Church, come on. Realize the greater one is in you. Do we understand? Do we understand that we are now, we are creating God's image. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God Almighty himself, the Holy Spirit, lives on the inside of you. God lives on the inside of you. And whenever I think and I truly reflect on it, it literally makes me stand like 5'8", with shoes on, maybe a little on tippy toes. It's just, when you realize that God, the, the creator of all things, that has more power than we could ever imagine or think, is living on the inside of you, we could stand a little taller, not because of ourselves, not because of pride, not because of my strength, but I boast in my weakness because of his strength. He's the one who helps me stand a little taller and a little stronger. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Whatever's going on in the world, whatever demonic forces or just the world, it's all the stuff, know that the God of creation is on the inside of us and he is greater and bigger than all this other stuff. So these first three things we talked about, these are the things that we have to be, be able to, to walk and we have to decide to reign, we have to declare it, realize greater, greater one is inside of us. Number four, we have to repent Ooh. and forget past failures. And we've been doing, we've actually been reading, there's a book that we started reading a little bit on the way up to Rochester, and the Lord has really been speaking to me a lot about repentance and what it means, and I'm not going to get into it deep because it's probably a whole, maybe even a series or a couple week uh, sermon, but repenting is not asking for forgiveness. And everyone said, oh, what? Repenting is not just asking for forgiveness. We want to rule and reign in life. We have to truly repent of things in our life. You say, well, Pastor Jason, what does it mean? I thought it just meant to ask for forgiveness. Well, it doesn't. It, it means more than that. This whole idea of repentance and truly, if you are truly repentant over something, we begin to see a radical life change in that area. A radical change to an addiction, a radical change to a, to a uh, circumstance, a radical change in our life begins to happen when we truly walk out repentance and what it means. And here's what I've learned and seen, what the Bible teaches and what we are. The outward sin that we are going to say we're sorry for 
has nothing to do with the root cause reason of why we did that. Let that sit for a minute. Men, we battle, if you battle with something, like pornography or something like that, we have to realize that that is not the root cause of the problem. There is something deeper. There is something on the inside. There is the three questions deeper in as to what is really going on. Why are you really turning to that? What is really the issue that is driving that? Something that happened as a child or a father figure or this or you're worried or you're believing a lie or this or that. Those are the real reasons. That's what we have to begin to get to. And we begin to repent and say, Lord, I am sorry, not just for those things that I did, but for the true reason And the root cause and the lie that I was believing or a circumstance that can get exposed and we begin to walk in freedom moving forward. This whole idea of repentance is so, it's so deep. It's a reconciliation. It's a life transformation. It's a a more than just asking for forgiveness. It's going back. What repentance means is going back to the penthouse. And the penthouse is usually the nicest place up on the top floor. To repent is to turn away, to literally cast back and say, I can't walk this way anymore. It doesn't mean that you don't slip up again. It doesn't mean you don't have another issue again. But what it means is that you are really beginning to turn and orchestrate your life and your prayer and get to the root cause of what's really happening in your life. You want to rule and reign in your life? You got to go deeper. You got to go deeper. You can't, I mean, if you want to rule and reign in life, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and just keep asking for forgiveness and think that that's going to change anything. It's okay, I get less amens on this portion, and I'm okay with that. Repentance truly, truly is saying, Lord, I need help. I can't do this anymore. You need to show me what is the root, what is the cause, and I want to break that chain. I want to break that root. Why am I yelling at my kids all the time? And I'm constantly saying I'm sorry for yelling at my kids. What is the real reason why? Are you scared? Are you fearful? Are you worried? Are you whatever? What is the reason? And you have to ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit, who we just said, the greater one who lives on the inside of us, can reveal those reasons to us. And it gives us a church family for others to talk to each other and to speak into each other's lives so we can truly understand and get to, Lord, what is it? I want to have victory in my life. I've got to get past these things. And then to truly live in a repentant life and to live in this victory is we have to leave the past in the past. If you stay in the past, you're staying in the past. You aren't in the present, and you're not able to move into the future. And we have to leave these things behind. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. But it doesn't stop there. And I think this is what we miss is, you know, we we mess up or we, we do something, or we sin, or we yell, or we curse, or we do, say, oh, Lord, please forgive me. And then we just move on. And of course he forgives you. He loves you. All your sins are forgiven. Every day. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive, forgive me for what I've done. But not just forgiving our sins, but to cleanse us. What is a, cle- a cleansing? You ever go through a cleansing process? Like a, a food process where you're trying to like do like a liver cleanse or something. I don't know what those things are, but I haven't done one. But like a kidney cleanse or a liver cleanse or a gut cleanse. 
whatever, and you're doing this diet, and you're changing how you eat, and you're beginning to change what you put in, and it begins to take things out that aren't supposed to be there anymore, that's the type of cleansing that this is talking about. This isn't like a just, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm sorry for the sin, I just keep doing that, I'm sorry. Okay, he forgives you. But what he really wants to do, because he loves you so much, and it's the goodness of God that leads you to what? Repentance. Because he loves you, he doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want to leave you there. So he wants to cleanse us, to wash us, to get rid of all the stuff that's causing us to create the sin in the first place. We all sin. No one's separated. Like, you can't, we all, we all sin. Every one of us. But what God wants to do is transform our lives on the inside to cleanse us from all the unrighteousness, to wash us clean and to get into all that stuff. And maybe we'll do another week or two on that in the future. But we, to live victoriously, to rule and reign in life, we have to truly repent, not just ask for forgiveness. We have to truly repent and get to the root of the issue and then forget those past failures and leave them behind. You cannot rule and reign today when you're stuck in the past. Number five, we have to forgive. And get rid of strife. Oh, man. Another no amener. That's okay. This is hard. We have to forgive and get rid. We want to rule and reign in life. We have to not just repent and ask, not just for the forgiveness, but walk through that restoration process of our sins. But then we have to forgive others for theirs. We have to, let me say it again, you have to forgive. Now, look, you can choose not to, and then you can choose not to rule and reign in life. This is a choice you can make. And they have study after study after study. Those who harbor unforgiveness and bitterness in their life literally leads to cancer in people's lives. Now, I'm not saying everyone who has ever had cancer had unforgiveness and bitterness in life, so please hear me right. What I'm saying is that the factors, when someone holds on to that bitterness and unforgiveness for so long actually causes the body to begin to poison itself. And we think that we're holding this unforgiveness because we want the other person to feel it. Mmm. Mmm. Every time I see him in Wegmans. Mm, 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 mm. You left the church. Mmm. I'm so mad at you right now. I'll take this banana and throw it at you. Right? That person, it's not affecting them at all. It's affecting you. We're the ones who have to forgive. Why? Because the Bible commands us to. Because what? It's good for us. It's good for us. Look at the Lord's Prayer for a second. Matthew 6. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need before you ask Him. Thank you, Jesus. In this manner, therefore, pray. He knows what we need. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We love this portion of the, of the Lord's Prayer. Like, yeah, your kingdom come, Jesus. Your will be done in this situation. That's believer's authority, right? We're, we're fired up. On earth as it is in heaven. Lord, bring in heaven down to earth. Hallelujah. Revival's happening. Give us this day our daily bread. Yes, Lord. Give me that bread. Everything I need. Provide for me. And forgive us our debts. Yeah, hallelujah. I'm forgiven. I'm redeemed. I'm whole. As... We forgive our debtors. You're like, wait a second. 
forgive our debts as we forgive others? You mean like this is some kind of link? Like I have to forgive because you forgive me and you are so good and I actually need to forgive as well? Yes. That's what that says. As we forgive our debtors. It is okay. Look, church. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry. Can I give you permission for a second to be angry? The Bible says be angry and do not sin. So we get all worked up as Christians. We're upset that we're angry. That's an emotion. That's a feeling. That's a reaction to a situation. Somebody offended you. Somebody hurt you. Somebody did something to you. It is okay to be angry. It's what you do with that anger. It's how you process that anger. And how you can get to a place of forgiveness for someone is what really matters. And it's okay to be angry. We tell our kids, you know, for a long time, we would get mad at our kids for being mad at us. All right, how many have had that situation? Like, you know, can I have another 30 minutes of screen time? No, the answer is no. Don't be angry about it. You know the rules. That's just the way it goes, right? And so they're getting upset because of something like we did or told them, and now I'm getting angry because they're angry. Right? And we realized, you know what? It's okay for them to have an emotion. It's okay for a child to be upset about something. Guess what? It's okay for an adult to be upset about something. You ever punch a pillow? No. I have a punching bag out in my shed. I use that. It's a heavy bag. I love my... Right? It's okay to be angry. But the Bible says be angry and do not sin. But we have to learn how that we... We have, we have to come to an ability only by the grace of God to be able to forgive people. Look, and I know there are, there are situations that people have gone through. I'm not saying it's easy. You can get help with this. It's not like, well, okay, I guess I'm just going to decide to do that. And it doesn't mean you forget the situation that happened. That's a whole other message. We could probably go into that another day. But we have to forgive. If we're going to rule and reign in life, we have to forgive. Remember, I said... All seven of these things have to be working and activating, and we have to begin to grow and learn in each and every one of them. It's not just one. It's, and if you're not great at one, if this one is hard for you, that's okay. God is, okay. say, Lord, help me with this. I want to work on this. I want to get better with you in this. Lord, help me with this. Number six, worship team, get back up here. Worship, uh, number six, be ready for battle. I will get through all seven. Number six, be ready for battle. Come on, church, get ready for battle. If you are waking up and knowing that you are about to go into a battle zone, do you think you're going to get ready for that battle? Heck yeah, you are. You're not going to walk out there with just in your jammies, drinking your, you know, with your coffee cup, going, hmm, looks like there's a real battle going on out here. I'm just going to maybe be, a, hopefully, an innocent bystander of everything that's going on. Sipping your coffee, you know, hitting your Keurig for the second or third time enjoying your stuff no if if there was a battle downstairs and i was coming out of bed i would like put my contacts in before i went downstairs like i want to know what's what's going on let's go if there's a battle downstairs i'm throwing the contacts in i'm probably putting sneakers on in case i got to move a little faster if i got to shift a little bit right if you know you're walking into a battle are you not going to be ready for it like, we need to get prepared. We need to be ready for the battle. And there are habits that the Lord has shown us in Ephesians that we can go do. 
says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil who we fighting. Not flesh and blood, not our spouse, not our kids, not our friends, not our bosses. We're fighting, we're fighting the enemy, the wiles of the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness in this age, against the spiritual host and wickedness in the heavenly places. We have to get ready every day. You've got to put on that belt of truth. What is the truth? What does God say about my life? I've got to put on that breastplate and say, you know what, Lord, I am forgiven. I do have your authority. Thank you, Jesus. you got to put on those shoes of peace. Say, even though I'm angry, even though I'm upset, I will choose to walk in peace and humility and forgiveness in this situation. I'm going to grab my shield of faith. I'm going to have it ready to go so that I can extinguish all the fiery darts that come against me, the lies and the curses that the enemy tries to throw at me. And I'm going to protect my head with the helmet of salvation, remembering that God is who he says he is and what he's done for me on that cross will transform my mind. And I'll take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and I will wield it as a sword. And I will use it in situations and circumstances over situations in my life. I will find the scriptures that I need to have hidden in my heart so that I might not sin against him. And I will begin to pray in the Spirit. To begin to pray in the spirit, to pray in your spiritual language, to pray in tongues and to say, Lord, I don't know what to say in this situation, but I'm in the middle of a battle and I'm just going to pray in my prayer language because that's all I know how to do right now. And there have been situations in my own life where I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. The scripture isn't on the tip of my tongue. And I just begin to pray in my prayer language and say, Lord, you know what to say, so I'm going to pray in the prayer language. And it begins to transform the situations. And the last one, number seven, is praise God by faith. We want to rule and reign victoriously in this life. We have to worship him. We have to praise him. And that's what we're going to do this t- today. We're going to close this service. We're going to do I Speak Jesus again. And the reason why I picked that song is because it sums up this whole believer's authority. It sums up everything we've been talking about is use the name of Jesus. And as we worship this morning, if you're here and you have a situation or a circumstance or you want to just be able to rule and reign better in any of these areas, I encourage you to come up front today. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm not going to pray for you. I'm not going to throw my broken oil all over you. Like if, if you were here at the beginning, you know that my, my oil broke this morning all over my dining room, whatever, right? I'm not going to do any of that. I just want you to come up here and worship him. I want you to come up here with the situation that's in your life and say, you know what? I'm giving it to you, God. I'm bringing it to the altar this morning. I'm leaving it here, and I'm going to speak the name of Jesus, and I'm going to sing the name of Jesus. And whatever it is, Lord, you want to do with this situation, I trust you, I love you, I will follow you. Amen. Can we do that this morning? Come up here if you want, and let's worship him. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we worship you this morning. We thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your transforming power in our lives. Thank you for what you've done for us. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. 
We worship you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Church, know this. Every time you press into his presence, every time you come into his presence and you press in with arms raised, with tears streaming down your face, or just standing silently in faith, receiving from heaven, every time you stand in faith, you are taking ground yeah. over and over and over. It's never for nothing. It's never for nothing. And sometimes you wake up on Monday morning and you look around and you're just like, nothing has changed. I have been there and now I'm on the other side and I'm telling you I'm not the same. I'm not the same. I'm not the same. And I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. And I can see, I can look back and I can see that the enemy was quaking. He was shaking, but I didn't know it. I couldn't see it. But I'm telling you, not a single time have you ever pressed into his presence. Not a single time have you ever spoken the name of Jesus. Have you ever prayed and asked for him to help you that he didn't begin to move or continue to move on on your behalf? He does not fail. He never fails. He never fails. He never fails. Every tear, every prayer, every step, every heartache that you've presented to him has taken ground. It is working. It always works. He's always working. He's always moving, church. Stand firm in the knowledge of the one who loves you. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just lift up every circumstance, situation in this room this morning. And we give it to you. We present it to you. No matter the wind, the waves, we trust you, God. We trust you. We trust you with our lives. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Guys, we're going to close this service with the same way I've closed every service over the past six months. And we're going to take authority in the name of Jesus over Satan, over his demonic forces, over every situation, every circumstance that you all came up here for or that you're all believing for back there. And it goes like this. Satan... In the name of Jesus, I bind you. For it is written, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And because you are bound, Satan, you and all your demonic forces may not come against us, may not come against our marriages, may not come against our families, against our children, against our jobs, or against our finances, or against our bodies in Jesus' name. You are bound away from us and our families. And we are covered and cleansed with the blood of Jesus. Satan, you may not steal, kill, or destroy us or our property any longer in Jesus' name. And it reminds you that you are defeated and that we are victorious in Jesus' name. Give him a shout. Praise him. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We are victorious because of you, Lord. And we praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You've been so good to us. 
You never fail. We thank you, Lord. If there's anyone here who has never made Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. We'll have small group leaders up here that will pray with you, that will lead you and guide you and help you into the next steps of a relationship with Jesus. If you need prayer for anything else, you're like, man, I still need prayer for something, there'll be small group leaders up here who can pray with you. Otherwise, we love you. We love you. We love you. Jesus loves you even more. And he cares for you. Have a blessed week. Don't forget your Stations of the Cross on the way out when you go. Have a wonderful week. Praise God.